have a lot of passion for what you're doing. This rings true because it's so hard that if you don't, any rational person would give up. It's really hard, and you have to do it over a sustained period of time. So if you don't love it, and if you're not happy with doing it, What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of John's Entitled Podcast, a pre-holiday episode, as it were. We are less than a week away from Christmas, if you celebrate it, and I'm also a week away from Dan Terry. I don't really know what that means, but distance makes the heart grow fonder, so how are, how are you feeling? I'm pretty good. It's only seven hours, John. I mean, seven I hours, seven hours days. today like it was... I drove three hours today like it was nothing. I mean, I've been doing a lot of traveling, so at one point you might have been like seven days away from me. That's true. Actually, you were within spitting distance of my friend Brandon, who was also in Buffalo. I could have spit on him, actually. We were in the same place at the same time. Yeah, literally. Well, sort of. No, I I was there. I was at the venue when he was there. Did you see him? No. I mean, when you're around 3,500 people, the odds of just randomly seeing someone are slim and none. Um, He would have been the he would have been the hottest dude in the room. Ouch! Thanks. Besides you, oh, I was looking at the bands, but it's okay. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So speaking of my Buffalo trip, uh, the one I've been talking about quite a bit uh, to go see my favorite bands. Um, interesting thing happened. Uh, it's just—it's almost like every festival I went to go to this year. Uh, I didn't get to go. Um, that being said, I did actually. Uh, get to the venue um but unfortunately my wife and i uh left um which was allowed as long as you bought a wristband and uh we thought that the thing was is you couldn't leave after seven um not really thinking about it on the flip side of that which means you probably also can't come back after seven yikes yeah Ooh. yeah so um, i read that text message i was like oh shit <laughs> yeah and uh yeah so i saw angel dust and turnstile which are pretty good i enjoyed them uh but definitely wouldn't have paid 40 bucks each uh to fly all the way to buffalo to go see them um and uh yeah then i sent a message to the aforementioned uh brandon kellum and i was like yo can you ask security if they're letting us back in or you just can't leave and he was like yeah they say you, you can't come back in and i was like cool uh, bummer yeah and uh i mean the nice thing is as i looked at the set list um there wasn't anything that i hadn't heard so it's not like they played like something off of like last night in town or something where i was like oh my god they played you know jimmy's last tango or whatever or you know something like that like just something super rare and that they haven't done or you know fucking uh city and color didn't come out and do inner rehab with them or something like that something crazy like that didn't happen so i'm i'm a little less bummed because it's it's basically a couple of the sets i've seen the last handful of times i've seen them so i'm not like completely gutted it's like it's old bridget though i with my wife i was like i'm not upset i'm not mad i'm just really bummed i'm really really You've really been... bummed Dude, you've been through so much disappointment this year. Yeah. I mean, louder than life. Incarceration. Know, um, incarceration, bringing me on the show. You know, it's just, <laughs> there's just so much disappointment that you've dealt with this year that, I mean, at that point, I kind of feel like you probably were just standing there like, well, that sounds about right. Well, it's, a, it's pretty much exactly what I did. I go, well, yeah. you know, that's, that's just how our year has been as far as traveling or trying to go to shows or whatever. It's just, it, it is what it is. Um, yeah, but I mean, other than that, um, I did remind myself because uh, something I try to do instead of focusing on on wallowing in the negative uh, is trying to find the positives. And the positives were, you know, we're on a vacation right before the end of the year. Um, we're probably not going to do anything like drastic for our anniversary, uh, which is you know a couple of days after Christmas. Um, right. But it's one of those things that it's like you know we went to Niagara Falls earlier that day. That was awesome. Um, we ended up, uh, I ended up getting to meet Jayhawk, uh, in person for the first time. Uh, we ended up chatting for like three hours, uh, over some drinks and some, some wings. So uh, like every time you chat, uh, no, we don't, that's no, uh, other than the podcast, which literally was an hour. Um, no, that's true, yeah. I have never actually talked to him at any more than like five minutes. Uh, gotcha. cause you know, dudes don't call each other <laughs> unless it's for a podcast. 
that's true actually john and i really i mean we talk on messenger but like never just skype like the only time we ever talk to each other is when we do these it's hilarious um i ended up keeps running a relationship fun keeps it fresh um, ended up running into longtime friend Jason Wood, uh, former vocalist for It Dies Today. Uh, guest nice. I'd like to have on. Uh, he agreed to come on down the road. Uh, we have some things brewing. Uh, I'm not going to reveal my cards just yet, but uh, big things are happening uh, in the next couple of weeks leading up to the new year. Uh, we are very excited to tell you all these things, uh, but for now we're just going to give you a little bit of a tease. But uh, all that being said, hung out with Jason at uh, Lockhouse Distillery, which is where Patrick from Ice Nine Kills uh, works and made the drink menu, and I immediately went there to go get my New York Sour that uh, Patrick made while I was on the Treyu Tour a couple of weeks ago, and it was just as delicious as I remembered it. Um, wasn't able to get my hands on the Eatsid beer yet. Uh, Patrick's going to come through and uh, buy me a four-pack, which, I mean, I'm buying it, but he's getting it for me. Um, so looking forward to that. And uh, had some delicious uh, cocktails while I was out there. Got really drunk uh, at the Pink, which is basically <laughs> a uh, a dive bar <laughs> uh, that like any right. anybody who lives in Buffalo, that's like their their bar. Um, ended up uh, when we went there our last night. Mitch from Eatsid was hanging out there, and uh, ended up becoming friends with uh, some of the people that he was there with uh, that also knew Patrick, and then also knew Josh Woods, tattoo artist, uh, who's a friend of mine. And uh, it it just, it felt like, you know, I had always, like, hearing all the stories of Buffalo and hearing all the people that I know that have, you know, gone to Buffalo and where they drink and so forth, uh, everything lived up to its expectation. Um, this The bar, you know, I, I remember texting Josh after with the next day and I was like, yo, I'm sure this is a common sentiment after a night at the, at the Pink, but uh, I drank way too fucking much. And I had a blast though, and I stayed out way too late. But uh, it's just—it's literally a black hole. Like you, there's—you can barely see outside. All the lights are like dim to like negative two. And uh, I had a steak sandwich because everyone said that I had the best steak sandwich, uh, and it was pretty good. Um, but the drinks were cheap and they were stiff, and that's exactly what we were looking for. So um, all in all, Buffalo was pretty rad. Had some pretty good cocktails. Uh, weren't really able to find any local Buffalo beer. Um, I tried one. I took a photo of it. I think it was on my Instagram page, maybe. Um, but it was pretty lackluster. It was a cherry vanilla wheat or an ale or whatever. I think I sent a photo to you, Dan. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was not it very good. doesn't sound good. I mean, I don't. I like my beers to be extremely, like, hard to drink. I, not hard to drink, <laughs> but, like, I like my beer like I like my metal, harsh and boring, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, you, but, you you sent me a photo right back that basically stated that you had found one of your knot holes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I did find one. Uh, You're hiding them from while yourself. While I was recording. <laughs> well, the yeah, the the beer fridge that we have in the podcast studio is uh, always coming up with huge surprises. Like I found a space dust in there that's at least two years old. And, so it's asteroid um, dust at this point. Yeah, I I only realized how old it was after i drank half of it <laughs> and then i was all like that's like th there was like actually like legit mold growing in there oh wow. um yeah well penicillin yeah i mean you know worth it i think as for tonight's uh cocktail i'm uh enjoying i'm not a big vodka drinker so if you ever see me drinking something clear just assume that it's gin but uh kettle one has come out with uh these new i'm trying to show it dan where it's not all super bright um they came out with these new kettle one botanicals um i don't remember what huh. other ones that there are off the top of my head they're they're interesting like dual combinations but the cucumber mint one is fucking delicious especially if you're making a mule um so on point the lime brings out really good uh the cucumber mint flavor and uh i'm just enjoying it over uh some rocks with uh some soda water so that is my drink for the evening Something chill and relax after a long, busy weekend of traveling. That's pretty awesome. I mean, I haven't had a lot to drink this week. I worked for 13 hours straight yesterday, and then I went to a gas station and bought two steel reserves, drank those, and then went to sleep. <laughs> well, it sounds like your week will only be going uphill from here. Actually, you know what? I saw a uh, billboard recently. They have flavored steel reserve now. Yeah, um, think of all the worst parts of Four Loco. Yep. And that's what it is. It, but, like, make it, like, two bucks cheaper. <laughs> well, now they make Four Loco liquor, 
but it's like nine percent. Yeah. So like it's definitely one of those. I don't have a lot of money. This doesn't taste very good, but absolutely gets the job done. <laughs> those are always quality. Speaking of quality, I realized uh, I didn't officially announce the guest of this podcast. Um, it's actually Damon Tate. It's a longtime friend, guitarist, uh, backing vocalist for the band Of Virtue. They are a. Uh, I'm almost having to say they're not a local band anymore, but they are from Lansing, Michigan, and uh, in the last year the band has really been making a lot of noise and making a name for themselves uh most recently you would have potentially caught them on the uh for the fallen dreams 10 year changes tour damon actually was uh playing bass filling in for uh the for the fallen dreams dudes uh helping them out and his band was opening the whole tour and that was right off of the heels of doing a full i want to say two month run over in europe um, oh, wow. so by the time you know this conversation happened i think damon had been home from europe for maybe a week uh and then you know just right back on the road uh the guys have definitely become a road band they've been making their name overseas uh like i said having just done our european run and then i want to say right before that probably four or five months prior they had done another european run so they've really been making the rounds been growing their band and brand uh nationally and internationally now and it's just been wild to see this band growing uh so much um and you know i, I kind of mentioned it in, in the interview you know as someone who has known these damon at least for fuck almost a, probably over a decade now at this point you know they're definitely one of those bands that i always thought had a lot of potential to to reach a lot of people but they've always kind of been plagued with you know members going to college and, and having jobs and so forth and you know they just it seemed like two steps forward, two steps back, or one step forward, two steps back kind of a deal. Um, some kind of band issues and so forth, which I think plagues just about any band, really. But yeah. uh, it just seemed like all this this sudden success and all the opportunities came out of nowhere when I felt like you know maybe there are more bands that seemingly are more deserving of opportunities just based on the perception of like this band's always playing, this band's always doing stuff, getting on good shows and so forth. And then here's a band that you don't see anything, don't see play locally in over a year and don't have any new material really to show for it yet right. and then it's like oh we're going overseas for two months and you're like how the fuck does that happen <laughs> right <laughs> it's weird though because like i always hear all these success stories of like oh man i'm so glad we went overseas yeah no totally oh we were gonna quit before you know like i hear that all the time like and it's it's so funny that you know you can go overseas and it's just like i don't know if the audience is there just more chill I, they're I've just heard. like, oh, yeah. a cool band, you know. Like, I, I like it. Here's, here's, let me buy two T-shirts, you know. Like, the thing I think that's interesting about it, though, is like, in that same breath, you have someone like Threaten, who, in theory, I would say a virtue is just as known as Threaten was. So it's like, why does one become more successful than the other when, in theory, Threaten should have been set up for a lot more success? Yeah, I mean. There's one big key element that's different. Well, the music's better yeah, from the Virtue and, guys, and they have a legacy of actually being a band for 10 years. Well, and a, yeah, a philosophy that I like to follow is that there's no real easy path to success. What about you the know, path to like, totality? Oh, um, I'm going to take a pass on that one. Okay. But uh, <laughs> the thing about the path of... <laughs> I demanufactured you. Let's get back into the digital mortal world. I'm done with Fear Factory. <laughs> Not done until I say you're done. To, I don't have to listen to Fear Factory ever again if I don't want Dan, to. Dan, you are the linchpin to this this episode right now. I'm cer I'm certainly never <laughs> listening to Ministry again. And that episode hasn't even dropped yet. But just wait. The um, problems are all over this episode. Oh god. I wish that were true. God, I really wish that were true. But uh, no, what, I, what I'm what i getting at is that there's no, like, snap your fingers and you're successful formula. You know, like, in music, in business, in podcasting, you know, there you have to have dedication, hard work, and you have to get real results. So, like, with Threaten, what you actually ended up with was somebody that was like, I'm going to try this thing. And by all logic, it could possibly make me huge without me even really having to try that hard. Right. 
although he did try kind of hard it was pretty meticulous but it's kind of like if you take that work ethic like to have somebody that could make all the bullshit that made threaten happen happen could have used that intelligence to um to actually put time and effort into a band and write write good songs and even if you don't write good songs there are plenty of bands out there that aren't good that are successful right so i mean you know it's i know i sound like my dad right now who's all like if all these criminals would use their smarts in order to you know get a real job that's kind of what i sound like but i mean i think that's the main difference between the two bands obviously right is just that you know there's hard work and dedication and real results versus bullshit well i think the only obvious thing to do now after that is to get to my chat with damon tate of a virtue and we will talk to you guys afterwards So I have the pleasure of talking with Damon Tate, guitar player for A Virtue, an all-around good dude. How are you doing today? Can't complain, my man. How are you? Good. It's nice to when you come here to Grand Rapids, uh, as opposed to me having to go to, to Lansing and, and watch everyone uh, snake up all your time, because you're, you're just the hot shit now. <laughs> I guess so. That's <laughs> not so much. Just happen to be busy and running around like usual, so... No, for sure. I mean, uh, for those who, who may not know Damon or his band, uh, first of all, you should. So pause right here. Go on YouTube. Go look up some of Virtue. And uh, we'll wait for you. There you go. Surrounded. Torn apart. The new hotness. All right. Get on it. Help my bank account. All right. <laughs> so now that you're familiar, now that you've listened to this shit, now that you're a fan, let's get in with Damon. So we are sitting here in a back room uh, at the intersection. Uh, the start of the For the Fallen Dreams Changes 10-year anniversary tour. You guys are on the whole thing on the second leg here. Yes. And, uh, you know, what's always fun to me when seeing a band like For the Fallen Dreams getting, you know, you know, they're kind of a legacy band at this point for our Michigan metal scene you know, taking you guys out. And the irony is, is it's not like you guys are a new band by any stretch. I think you guys, I think I've known you and of virtue for almost a decade as well at this point. So, I mean, while more people know who for the fallen dreams is, it's not, it doesn't take anything away from what your band has accomplished. But all that being said, you know, I kind of, before we kind of talk about the now and what you've been going through in this last year, cause it seems like a lot has been going on. Uh, I kind of want to talk about your early influences. Uh, what what got you into to music and and wanting to play guitar? Well, playing guitar, I'll say those are those two different questions. So getting into music, my mom, she's an avid music listener, music lover. Grew up during the golden age, Motown, soul. She lives. She's born and raised in Detroit, so she's got all the records, all the hits. Been to seen Michael Jackson, seen Prince in their primes like <laughs> baby mike baby michael to white michael like she's, <laughs> she's gotten all of it and just from a young age she wanted me to be up grow up around that so i got involved into violin at a very young age i think i was like three years old when i first started that at suzuki music school msu shout out <laughs> but you know from there kind of my own personal journey started doing that saxophone piano and then eventually get to high school and, you know, you're playing in jazz bands and marching bands, playing upright bass and all that. But then obviously I'm, you know, 13, 14, 15, turn that bass. Cello, <laughs> it's a bass. Horizontal, I think it turns electric, played in some punk bands. And then as far as like this project, though, playing guitar and everything else, it was kind of born out of necessity. I played in a band that will not be named at the time. <laughs> Had a couple of members and people that didn't write music and i played bass and what i was you know gonna write my parts off of was the guitars but if there's no guitar parts then i can't write any bass parts right so i was like okay i'm just gonna start fiddling around and making my own stuff and it just happened to where i got hooked to it you know pedals bought a little rig bought a guitar and yeah a virtue actually was the first band that i've ever played live guitar or had anything to do with a guitar. So 
very interesting little. <laughs> so as someone who, you know, as you just were saying, you know, being into a multi-instrumentalist in every sense of the word and playing not only, you know, stringed instruments, wood instruments, brass instruments and so forth, or maybe not brass. I don't know if you actually said a brass instrument, but, you know, being a multi-instrumentalist and, and probably learning how to, to play in a band, a real band, like a marching band and so forth, and learning how to, you know, read music and so forth. You know, the, th the thing that's always interesting to me when thinking about my own journey and into getting into music and wanting to play an instrument or, or anybody really for that matter is typically a lot of people don't come at it from such a, a structured background. It's always like, well, I heard smells like teen spirit and you know, I learned those three, those three chords. And, and then I just went down the rabbit hole from there. And so I always think it would be, you know, it's interesting to think about from your perspective, because I feel like where a lot of people may not have the focus and dedication initially, because they're like, Oh, this is hard you had you know years of learning instruments that are very hard to learn how to play so did learning to play a guitar kind of come more naturally because of the instinct of you know kind of having already done it on other instruments uh, i wouldn't say that it came naturally because there are still things like there's still technical things that i do struggle with to a degree but i think just the way that i look at the guitar as an instrument or as a tool to write songs was pretty easy like that shift was easy and you know from there you know applying pedals applying tones amps you know clean dirty acoustic whichever way you want to spin it that my background as far as you know playing a wide range of instruments listening to the types of music that i do helps me to attack the that instrument in particular from so many angles so it's like you know i might not be tosin abasi or <laughs> joe bonamassa or one of these virtuosic you know, shredder, whatever, extraordinaires, but I can write a pop song or a blues lick or, you know, fill in for you, you name it, and I can probably do it. The thing that's been interesting to me, and I know I use that phrase so fucking often, and, and I've been trying to think of another way to say that, but interesting, there's not really many other words for interesting. Um, <laughs> Eclectic. Yeah, That's a good one. sometimes it doesn't apply, though, the same way interesting does. It's kind of like a nice blanket word. But regardless of that, um, you know, A Virtue has always been one of those bands that, you know, it's it's very easy to get engrossed in the sound because it encompasses so much between the the dynamics of, like, the softer side of things, the, the melodies of things, and against the harshness and the and the more like hardcore and you know i've always said you know bands like uh obviously misery signals and and bands like that of the the early late 90s early 2000s and so forth seemingly were a pretty big influence on you guys and the thing that was always interesting though is there's not a lot of bands locally that were doing that when you guys were doing it either uh, you know, you'd have our local bands that were going so far in one direction, like whether it be so far aggressive or so far, uh, you know, in the in the atmospheric, ethereal type stuff. But no one was really blending it quite as well as you guys were. And obviously you have perfected it over the 10 plus years of you guys being a band. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that for, for the most part, you have been a rather cohesive band over that time, which is something a lot of bands don't have the luxury of having happen to them. Now, with that being said, in the last, I think it's been the last year and a half, two years, roughly, mm -hmm. uh, that there has been a lineup change. So something I was wondering is with the lineup being so consistent for so long, was it kind of like a, a shot of reinvigoration when you have some, some new blood in? Or is there a little bit of like, oh, fuck. Is like is this is the bet like did we did we peak for lack of a better term? No, there's a, a no new blood getting. So we've actually had two member changes. One of them is a little more low key. We have a new drummer. His name's Kyle, out of Washington, Michigan. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, him and our singer Tyler, both of them, them touring with us for the past two years, and just getting to know them better as friends as people and as musicians it unlocked something with us that we did not have in the first half of our you know career like i tell i tell this to people all the time because with this tour that we just did in europe we met a lot of old fans and a lot of people that have heard of you know heard of us been around on the internet and now finally got a chance to see us 
but they've never seen us with Nick. They never saw us with our old drummer, Sean. And it's interesting because they point out, like, oh, there's something different about you. It seems like the energy is a lot different. And I was like, for lack of a better term, yes, because while I love them, they're my friends, it's just sometimes you have to recognize when things are not going to work or when, like you said, it's like you get to a point and you have to decide whether or not you're going to keep going with this, the same thing that we initially started with, or take a risk. Like in our case, we switched our sound. We switched a lot of things that we do, and it's starting to pay some dividends, thankfully. And I think it's actually kind of funny with uh, us being on this For the Fallen Dreams tour because obviously, obviously you've been around long enough where when changes came out and not even when changes but even before that mm-hmm. with the divine ep like that's like the like the turning point of like michigan music hardcore metal like the down-tuned melodic just that whole thing was so prevalent because of them and rightfully so like that album was monstrous then but that allowed us at the time to look at that and say well we don't want to be that we don't want yes FTFD does a fantastic job. Love them. The albums are all great. But you don't want to be a carbon copy necessarily of somebody. Right. When we start off, we had more of like the Misery Signals thing. And that's us trying to find our footing. So, again, when we look back, you know, with having new members and having this, it's like, well, was that our real identity? Or do we still have room to grow? And the answer for us was we still have a lot of uncharted territory now. Like, I do more, I'm able to sing more, I'm able to express more lyrically. You're able to unlock some of the music because one of the downsides, and this is one of the very few things I'll say about some of like the late 90s, 2000s, or the mid-2000s metal hardcore stuff, is it can be very rigid as far as people be accepting maybe lighter passages or cleaner vocals or just more accessible structures in the first place some people are like tell like oh no it's metal it's supposed to be blah it's like no metal is a it's an umbrella right which from which you can put almost anything into it so you know we don't want to be just this and we don't want to be glued to an old sound that might not work for us anymore so it's an it's an interesting ride but to answer your previous question no question about it having new blood new faces it lit a fire not only for us personally, but I think you can really see it as far as the growth of where what we've done in the past, like, you know, year and a half, two years. Kind of speaking, you know, I don't necessarily mean to harp on, on the one band. It's just the easiest for a lot of parallels, and, and no pun intended there when I make this comment. But <laughs> Such a with, song. with, yeah, with Misery Signals, though, you know, they had, you know, a sound and, a, and, a, and an identity with Jesse and, you know, then they put out this record with Carl. Carl ended up doing a lot of stuff before, you know, uh, Mirrors came out, you know, basically playing the Magnum album. And then they put out this record and everyone's kind of seemingly it, it seemed like that band, you know, kind of went in a different direction from maybe the trajectory they were going into. But it seemed like it didn't take until Controller, mm-hmm. uh, where I felt like that was the band like coming into its own with Carl, with those people. And then the band went through another shift, you know, getting, you know, losing half of the band, literally half the band and and so forth. And to me, you know, your, your, your band over the years has kind of changed. Like you said, it's evolved in the sound, but I'm also wondering too, is, you know, do you feel, I don't think you've put anything out, like you got a couple songs out with Tyler, but I think this is like the first record with Tyler. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that this is going to be like that growing phase with this new album that you're working on or that's about to come out soonish where it's more mirrors where it's like yeah we're still kind of feeling this out this is kind of the first introductory to what we're going to be and maybe you're you know if this record's already been done or been done for a while that phase where you're like but the new shit we're writing now man i can't (laughs) wait till you hear that and then that'll be like you're going to be in that controller kind of phase where you're like this is us really after the last year so like the songs we had like those are stuff that we kind of had already worked out previously but this new shit this is going to be you know what i mean yeah definitely um i would say it'll be a little bit of both because the benefit of having Tyler, having Kyle, and honestly, this is the underrated thing. Having a great support team, having 
management that is invested in you beyond, you know, obviously, you know, the financial motivations or anything else, but having people that aren't going to say yes to everything, having people that when you talk about your goals and you may say, I want to be blah, 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 it's not a bad thing to go, okay, if that's what you want, this is what we have to do. And through that process, we've done way more demoing than we ever have before as a band. The release of and like doing singles mm-hmm. before we would put out an album and see what the reaction to the album was right in this case it's nowadays people don't really buy whole albums no you know so it's like why would we with new members are doing taking risks put out a record that we don't know if it's going to necessarily translate mm-hmm. now we are 100 percent open to the risk of doing that once we find a more comfortable footing but in this case, we've been able to test the waters with songs that we've released, you know, 2017, 2018. And we've shaped our album basically around that, doing all the tours that we have, being able to go in different places in the world and see what those people are, where they're at in the musical timeline, in the current of everything. So it's like this right now feels like when we put it out, like when we do get everything concrete for the release, it's not going to be like, Oh, I wonder what it'll be. It's going to be tested and true. It's going to be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're going to lo- you're gonna love this. If you are a fan of ours, or even if you're not, that's the one true litmus test for me because I'm, you know, all of the bands that you probably listen to in here, you know, you might not like their earlier stuff. You might, you know, hear the first few albums. Like Bring Me the Horizon is probably like the most modern example for me. Not a big fan of their old stuff. Not at all. You know, they did what they were doing, but sempaternal i was like whoa okay yep that kind of changed something for me to listen to and i was like okay that's that's pretty dope and then obviously that's the spirit like it's such a massive record across the world united states wherever where it's like you saw that coming from sempaternal so no not saying that this could be our sempaternal right but maybe Okay. You know, I'm feeling very confident that if I had to bet on, if I had to bet all my money, I'm sitting here talking to you right now, doing all this. So, <laughs> um, you know, I kind of want to talk a little bit more. You know, you talked about a team, and you know, something I wanted to talk about is, you know, something I've talked to, and and I know this feels like kind of a, a like I'm downplaying what you've done, so don't take it as that. No, but, you know, sometimes I mean, I still look at Still Remains as a local band. Because to me, they are still a local band. They're from here in Grand Rapids. So, you know, when I look at a band like you guys, like a local band, you know, I always talk about when I, you know, I say this like I fucking know anything and I've done anything. So, again, with a grain of salt, the tiniest pinch. But whenever I see things, you know, I always try to you know they always you always hear people saying like you gotta take that next step that next step that next step like and one of the things i've always noticed that i think when bands need to take that next step is reinvesting in themselves whether that's more professional gear so you sound better and you know taking it seriously and one of the biggest things that i don't think a lot of bands do to take themselves seriously as a band and as an entity is you know, putting their money where their mouth is and getting a fucking good producer. A good producer, yes, they can polish a turd, but on the <laughs> the, the flip side, though, if you get a really good producer who knows what the fuck they're doing, they can take you and get the best out of you that you can be. And to me, you know, we're very blessed to have Josh Roeder here in Michigan. I mean, the stuff that that dude's done in the heavier scene, in the heavier realm of, of music, you know, it's one of those things where... Uh, it's been great to see him take on, you know, bands like you, t- bands like Heartsick, a lot of the, these more local bands, and try to apply what he's learned since he's been doing this producing thing for a while, and he- kind of put the ladder down to you guys to be like, hey, like, let me help you go where I think you can go. So, what is what is having someone like Josh look like from your guys' perspective, and and kind of talk a little bit about working with him. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. And kind of to touch base on what I said previously, when we initially went to Schroeder, uh, Tyler actually had worked with him with his old band, uh, Ground Tracer. So that's where there was a little bit of familiarity there. And when we approached him, because Tyler really vouched for him and was like, I want to go back here again. So I was like, that sounds good to me. We went, we sent the demos, you know, had a 
I had a very, I think it was like a two or three hour conversation with him on the phone one day, just talking about music, talking about life, our perspective, you know, just how we view music as a whole. And it didn't even, we didn't really touch onto the goals of, of virtue really until we started messaging back and forth through emails. And again, it's nice to have somebody that we told him our plan of what we want to try to do. And he's like, okay, if that's going to be the case, he sent me this brick ass paragraph <laughs> of things because we sent him our um, album Salvation. And it was brutal. brutally honest. No, no, it was brutal. I was like, wow. Um, okay. <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'll be 100% honest, man. It shocked me at first because I was like, that's a, you know, you've seen the meme with the bitter pills to swallow. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what it was. And I was like, okay. But the one thing that I like about that, like anything else, if you can be that honest with somebody, and I th- that's what he told me, if you can be that honest with somebody, you can get the best out of them because that means they're very amenable to changes to the things that they need to do in order to succeed. So having somebody like that where I can bounce an idea off of him and he goes, mm, I don't think so, or he'll tell me, you know, what do you think about this? And I'm like, ah, it doesn't fit my vision of how this goes. And he doesn't, you know overproduce and say well i'm gonna put my foot down and this is the way it is no it's let's work together and find a medium or go with the best thing so that was again working with him is an absolute dream he has amazing coffee and his (laughs) wife makes awesome food shout out josh sarah is amazing (laughs) you know something i'll i think i said this to you in person um i'm gonna go ahead and say it on here on record i'm not going to cut it out this time <laughs> uh i did a, an episode with brandon from lake effect a while ago and something we just got to talking about because you know they were very much in the same boat like i was just saying like where you you start taking your band seriously and you try to start figuring out ways to, to get to that next level and so for them it was going to go going to greg thomas and going and recording their their ep and so when we were talking about that, it was, you know, what what does working with Greg, what does working with a producer who has that kind of credibility, what do you hope that this does for you? What is what is the plan? What is your, your goal from here? And something we were talking about at the time, because you had just, I think, announced your first European run. Mm-hmm. And we were both like, he's like, well, I want to get on these, like, fucking Europe runs. Like, I don't know how a virtue did this. And I was like, and I go, dude, for some real talk, like, a virtue doesn't play, like, ever it seems like it's like you were in one of those positions where i feel like you know where a lot of bands tend to oversaturate playing and, mm-hmm. and over over wear out their welcome you guys weren't doing that but on the same token it didn't seem like the shows you were playing also weren't really that great to me either where you're like oh man they're playing on this fucking show oh gotta go it's like it's just the local uh local promoter show mm-hmm. uh you know it's a decent show it'll probably do well but you don't have a new record you haven't played in like eight months there's no new songs Mm -hmm. so i don't understand what the process is for what the band's doing to try to grow i didn't it just felt stagnant like nothing everything you're doing felt stagnant to me from afar from a business perspective and so when you announce these europe runs it's like well how how did that even come about when it doesn't like a band like Heartsick, you know, for instance, who tours nationally and so forth? It's like, okay, like if they were to catch a break, like I kind of would understand because it's like, okay, maybe someone in this market saw them or, or someone is paying attention to what they're doing. And it just didn't seem like the regular avenues of how that happens mm-hmm. didn't seem like it was happening. And it just seemed like, Hey, we haven't, I know we haven't played a show in like a year, but now we're going to Europe and you're like, are you, are your Spotify numbers huge over in Europe or something? Like how the fuck did this happen? So how, and you don't have to go into actual details. Cause I understand there's, there's the business side of that. That's not nice to talk about like openly like that. Yeah. But for those who may be listening to this and kind of wanting to maybe gleam something like how, how do we take that next step? You know, we've already talked about, you know, songwriting and we've talked about producers and having a team. So how does someone who, you know, has kind of exhausted the, the market, you know, of touring regionally, how do they start trying to look at international touring? Uh, well, for one, I'm going to shout out our manager, Oliver Kamazoo, who also works for Scarum as well. He was a big, he was one of the bigger proponents of us getting and doing overseas touring. He used to live in Thailand and book Asian bands going to Europe. 
Okay. So then when he came back and we were talking about, you know, signing with Scarum, signing with him, the focus that he presented to us was, you know, you have these numbers, you have interest in all these places because of the internet. Like, the internet is an amazing thing because you could have bands that, you know, don't do anything, don't play any shows, don't put out any music, but they still have buzz and they still have interest in places. For us, it actually was our benefit because of us having kind of being more inactive because we were looking for a r- the right singer we were looking for the right drummer we we're undergoing the demoing process of switching our sound so kind of being out of the limelight actually helped us because now when we reintroduce ourselves it's oh it seems a little more fresh and then you have the opportunities as far as like the international stuff Alpha, I mean, I'll even put it on record with this. Like I said, he, Oliver, did an amazing job of not only using his resources, using what we've cultivated, and turned that into something that I can never, you know, it's a debt that you can't repay, you know what I mean? Right. But again, the internet is a hell of a thing. You know, going into forums, going into DIY stuff, going on YouTube, just making friends with whoever and whatever you possibly can to get, you know, those types of things. And, again, I talk with a bunch of people. They ask me, well, how did you go overseas? How did you do this and that? And I will be brutally honest with them. Yes, sometimes it's what you can cultivate yourself. And other times it's what somebody can do for you. And it's the opportunity that might not be presented to everybody. And in in this case, it was we were presented with the opportunity. It was very difficult because, again, you have to there's so many different financial obligations. And for us, we're going over there not as a signed band or not as you know this hot thing so you have to do everything yourself you have to plan the tour book the tour plan for routing you know tolls mm-hmm. uh different policies and countries visas most of the time if you told that to anybody else that's like um no thank you yeah it, it sounds like too much work yeah but in the case of us it's it goes back to the leap of faith or taking a risk or doing something that could potentially fire start a reboot, which is what we were undergoing at that very moment. So at that point, it's all bets are off. We're all in. And anything that we can do to make it happen, if it's, you know, so I, I literally, uh, I'll say this too, this is the best part. Before we left for the tour last year and before I, we left for the tour this year, like I probably had around like eight or nine guitars. I have two guitars now. Because, you know, unless if you, you want to go all in, literally. Exactly. Yep. It's, it's It all comes down to that kind of commitment. And if you have the resources, if you know somebody that has the contacts or you develop the contacts, you know, try to use them as much as you can. Now, as a result of kind of, you know, having, you know, working with someone like Josh, having, you know, a ma- strong management behind you, kind of believing in yourself what have you what's been like one of the biggest takeaways for you with a lot of the touring that you've done you know seeing a lot of places a lot of people won't probably ever go mm-hmm. as far as just because that's something i think a lot of people take for granted in, in learning about yourself and learning how to be uh, thinking outside of just wherever you are i would assume touring overseas like that you've you've learned you've gotten so much culture and things that you've learned what are some of those things that you took away from doing I mean, you just got back from like a two-month run. <laughs> yeah. What are some of the things that you've learned, you know, at this point? Oh, I mean, there's a lot, man. The perception of the United States from <laughs> other people's, uh, not to get into too many politics, but not too many people are fans of Donald Trump. And the one thing that I realize, and I've known this for a while, but it's like, you know, you start to see how the United States affects other places and their influence not only politically but just the influence on younger cultures or especially the musical culture which you know does take a lot from the west and another thing is where how where and how trends in music move you know it's it feels so saturated when we're here like you could go and throw a rock and there's a band but while you're over there, you know, it's there's less people. There's just kind of just less going on outside of like the United Kingdom. I mean, they're got a whole bunch of stuff going on there. But it just feels like it's almost kind of behind a little bit, but in a good way, where it's not moving at warp speed. 
you know, you can go over there, you can put out something, and people will latch on to it and actually digest it for a while before, you know, the next thing starts to happen. And, oh, man, I mean, like I said, food, that's another amazing thing. Women. Just, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And just, just, you get a better sense of self, too, of what you want. Because some people, they travel or they'll go places, and then they realize they actually don't like travel. Or they don't like doing certain things. Or if you're in a band, you go even around our country domestically, and then you realize, well, this isn't, I'm not built for this. Right. And that's other things that we've seen just on this run alone, where, you know, there's some people, places, and things, like, you probably might want to find a different uh, career Avenue, path yeah. there. But... Again, it's it's just it's everything, man. It's really kind of hard to put into words because I can't imagine not doing this anymore. Like, it's just, reinvigorated why why you wanted to in the first place. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. Like, just talk, being able to talk to people, being able to also recognize how similar you are in a vacuum. You may be, I might be in Istanbul, Turkey, or Sweden, or Japan, or whatever it is, but. There is somebody there that feels the same way I do and that we can connect on that level and we can share that, you know, animosity towards our governments or our culture or the paradigm of how we view things. And right there, that that's, you know, kind of the heart and the crux of, like, why we still do this and are scratching and clawing so hard to keep climbing that ladder because it's, it's a feeling that you can't, Again, I'll try I try to describe it as much as I can. <laughs> it's something that unless you're in a band or unless you're, you know, doing something that's a creative even like you like this, you travel around and you're interviewing as many people as you can. You're you're hearing stories from countless. I can only imagine, you know, I've listened to the podcast and it's like I it, I learn stuff. So I'm like <laughs> You know, I can only imagine what you have to edit or what you have to Very true. hear. And in the case of this, it's the same thing. So. Yeah. Uh, kind of been wrapping up because you got to get ready to play your show. Uh, I'm going to – spoiler for anyone going to see this tour. Uh, Damon is playing bass for, for The Fallen Dreams. Uh, yes, I am. So in one of the last questions kind of about the band, and then I'll have you plug your socials and pick a song. Um, jamming with the guys uh, in preparation for this tour, what is – you know, like I said – we're all roughly the same age and came up at the same time in, in the lot in the local scene here in, in Michigan between Lansing, Detroit, you know, Grand Rapids. Yep. What is something that, you know, jamming with these guys who have been have ten years of international touring and just what they've been through in the music industry and where you guys are at now, what is something that you've learned from them just in the short time in preparation for this tour? And what is something that you're looking forward to to learn and see throughout this tour? Now that you're on the first night, we're on the first night of it. That's the, that's the other preface I should make. Um, honestly, just dedication. That's the main thing. Like Jim and Chad are the reasons why we're on this tour in the first place. And being able to just play these songs, it kind of just takes me back again to that 2000. For me, 2005, six, seven, eight, when I first really heard them, and just being being able to a see where they've came and where they've gone and just being able to be a part of it and you know to see how they interact on a daily basis see how they interact with one another with the people that have attached themselves to changes that record or you know any of the other records that they've put out and you know pick their brain you know both of them have gone overseas multiple times you know now that we've set foot you know started doing that the past you know two years it's like we have stories for them. Like it was kind of cool being able to, again, speak with Jim, uh, their drummer, and you know, him tell me like, you guys have gone to places that we haven't gone, and they've been doing what they've been doing for, you know, X number of years, and it's like, that's super cool to hear because again, you might not be able to get to do everything, but it's like if I'm able to share something with them, they may they may they pick up, and obviously I will definitely learn something from them just being on this tour. That's 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 the best part about it. You know, and you learn something new about somebody that you've known for a decade plus. All right. Well, I uh, let you get to your thing. So, where can people find you and/or the band? And uh, what would you like me to play the episode out to? And you can find us on the internet 
<laughs> that thing. That thing. www.ofvirtueband.com. Yes, I am 31 years old and I have a web domain. So <laughs> <laughs> for all you kids out there, you actually have to punch that into the address bar. But we have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm sure there's some other platforms and I'm probably YouTube, if that's still a thing. <laughs> it's still a thing. It's still a thing. Now it's going to be a music platform. There you go. Spotify. Please add us on Spotify. It pays my bills. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, what would you like us to play the episode out to? Mm. One of my favorite tracks and one of the ones that we've been able to have the most conversations about was Surrounded. Because that song has more of like a political undertone and us being able to travel and play that and see people singing it along and then actually engage in a lot of conversation about local government, about things that are going on in different parts of the world and then obviously talk about Donnie Trump and you know how things are going in America. It's It's been a very eye-opening thing for us to play that and then engage in those conversations. So I'm going to have to go with... Uh, surrounded on that one and then when's the new record dropping question mark question mark question mark three dots on facebook all right <laughs> damon thank you again for taking the time to do this and uh looking forward to all the things coming at the hopefully at the end of the year or maybe early next year absolutely man thank you very much for having me so that was my conversation with damon tate which uh was recorded live at the time it was recorded uh, in the back green room of the intersection, uh, like I said, when Damon was filling in and on tour with <laughs> for the Fallen Dreams on the Changes Ten Year Tour, Dan, other than the hilarity of that comment, what did you think of the conversation? This is a good chat, man. He he seems like really positive, like really excited about um, things going on, which is weird because it didn't necessarily start that way. Like, cause he was, you, you were like. Oh yeah, but I mean, you're you're hot stuff now. You know, you're you're hot shit. You can do, you know, and you're just kind of use like ribbon them, which is hilarious. Yeah. And uh, but you know, I I kind of enjoyed some of the stuff towards the end a little bit more, um, where he was talking about you know playing playing their new song that had you know kind of more of a political slant to it. And how that like really opened up conversations and stuff like that. I thought that part was really cool um, because if I was writing songs today and putting music out, that's like the last thing I would do. I would, I'd like, I would run away from politics so hard and so fast, but it was cool seeing that like, instead of it being like, Oh, we played this song and all the people that agreed with what we were saying, you know, were clapping, but then everybody else was like flipping us off you know, which is the kind of stuff that I encountered playing hardcore, you know, <laughs> uh, over the years. But, uh, no, I thought that was cool though. He was talking about it, opening conversations and, and creating dialogues and stuff. And, um, I hope that's all true, um, because it gives me a little bit more hope for humanity, <laughs> but I thought it was a good chat. Well, I mean, isn't that kind of what hardcore music has always kind of been about is talking about the things you want to see change. I guess it's any music really, but more so hardcore. Yeah, but I mean, I I don't know. I've been I've been part of hardcore scenes that were predominantly straight edge, and it went from like stuff that we want to change to people just having very dogmatic views on certain things, um, and it's the same with like the Christian hardcore stuff and the straight edge hardcore, um, or even like the anarchist you know <laughs> stuff. Um, everybody gets really dogmatic after a while, and it's not always about. Um, creating a dialogue as much as it is just a whole bunch of assholes patting each other on the back because they all think the same thing is true. Right. Well, I think the other thing too, and you know, I've kind of talked about this. Actually, I think I've kind of brought it up in a lot of interviews I've done this year. Um, in the last couple of years of traveling quite a bit with my wife, you know, getting to see more of the world we live in. And, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to when we are able to go international and, and kind of do some go to some of the places we want to go to um i think i think uh iceland might be one of the first places we go to but uh outside of that though you know it's it's the whole point of that is that it's offered i know at least me a different perspective on the world we live in because like 
if all you know is what you see in the area you live in and you don't fucking ever go outside of that, then that's that's a really sad existence because there is way more to it. And a lot of times you're going to find that a lot of people in a lot of places, there's a lot of commonalities. Like, you know, when we were in Buffalo, I was like, oh, this feels a little bit like Grand Rapids, or I'm sorry, a little bit of like Detroit mixed in with a little bit of Chicago mixed in with like a little bit of like this. Like it reminded me of a few different places. And, you know, the, the melting pot of people because, I mean, we're so close to Canada – um, which the thing that surprised me is like right next to the Canadian, one of the Canadian borders, uh, there are so many Indian, uh, food places to eat at. And I was like, what the fuck? Um, really caught me off guard. Um, so I was huh. expecting to see a bunch of like poutine places and so forth. And I only saw one my whole time in, in Buffalo. Um, but all that aside, I, you know, found out that, you know, a lot of, uh, Indian people or of Indian descent, however you want to say that, um, that due to our like, rules of like you know if you're here on a work visa you have to be here for so long but then you have to go to like canada for like two months and then come back right um right. so that's that explained all of that and i was like oh that, that, okay that makes sense and, and was kind of interesting but i mean you you learn a lot of these kind of interesting things when you travel you learn about the world that we live in and i think you know you can't help but you know for damon and the rest of the virtue camp you know for being you know roughly around the same age and you're you, you know almost 30s to mid 30s or so you can't help but i mean the world we've lived in has changed so drastically just politically you know technology like everything and to be able to experience a lot of these things and in, in our travels i think does nothing more but inform us more about the culture we live in gotcha um that was heavy oh, no i'm sorry my my i guess i have a your timer goes now no my um Sorry, my uh, <laughs> my computer and phone just started blowing up all at the same time. It's uh, it's that Brandon Callum character. I know we're talking about you. Yeah, I know. He's then he's he's messaging me on Messenger, being like, <laughs> "We're talking about you," and I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> but um, yeah, what a wonderful time to be alive. <laughs> I mean, we all seemingly, for the most part, we all hate the president. So, I mean, that's a great way to uh, bring the world well, together. <laughs> there's an uncomfortable amount of people that don't. Well, um, you know, you know that it just kind of is what it is. But uh, we actually, uh, we actually recently had a had a guest on our on my other podcast that was going on and on and on about Trump, and we were like, um, okay, so this next album. <laughs> because like, uh, like I said I try to run as far away from that stuff as possible but uh I think I think unity is still there somewhere um I heard a buddy of mine say that you know people uh, th that we all kind of want the same thing we all just have opinions on how to get to it right you know but I think we can all agree that we just want we just want an idealized uh society <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I think something I'm uh I want to see for the Virtue guys is uh see in the new year 2019 see them continue to build upon the successes that they've had this year uh you know touring overseas and so forth. Um, while I can't really divulge much, uh, inside scoop shows that uh, by all accounts uh, a lot more of you are gonna know who they are uh, in 2019 and and I will leave it at that. That'd be um, cool. But with all that being said, I think that's a, as good of a place as any to kind of get to wrapping this episode up. So if you would like to keep in touch with Moshpit Nation, our show partner, you can find them at moshpitnation.com. Look for local reviews and interviews uh, galore, as well as the home of this podcast uh, on moshpitnation.com. You can find them on Facebook at Moshpit Nation West Capital MI, Twitter and Instagram are simply Moshpit Nation. As far as our show sponsored, The Bean Bastard, which I went down to Buffalo, obviously, and I saw Nick on Sunday, and I picked up uh, two of the newer blends. The I think it's the Bruce, Bruce Lee or Bruce Lee, uh, and I picked up the Shitter's Full uh, coffees, and I got to <laughs> say, the Shitter's Full, he gave me a fruity cup of it, and uh, it was really fucking good. I'm hoping that... I know it's probably going to be a seasonal blend, but uh, I'm hoping it sticks around because it's really fucking delicious with the, the dark chocolate that's in it. And uh, so if you would like to keep up with The Bean Bastard, you can find them at TheBeanBastard.com. Pick you up some delicious coffee. And while you're there, there's a holiday coupon right now. Uh, if you use the code JOLLYBASTARD, all one word, J-O-L-L-Y-B-A-S-T-A-R-D, you'll receive 25% off your order of $20 or more. And uh, 
I think that's as good of an incentive as any to go over there and go get you some delicious coffee. Um, I think we, uh, in talking with Nick the other day, I think something we're going to start doing is uh, doing some giveaways for the the candles, the coffee scrub, some of the bags uh, of coffee, and uh, just kind of help friends who help friends who want to help more friends. Um, I know coffee is a big thing that a lot of people love, and... uh, you know, I definitely love uh, the Bean Bastard as a coffee, and I'm not much of a coffee drinker, so that says a lot about the product. And uh, Dan, I know, hasn't had any yet. I'm going to work on getting him a couple of bags. Uh, Sweet. And then send them out to you. And, uh, yeah, so you can find the Bean Bastard, like I said, beanbastard.com. Use the coupon code JOLLYBASTARD. Get 25% off your order of $20 or more. And uh, if you would like to keep up with them on Facebook and Instagram, simply the Bean Bastard. And, Dan, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the good old Facebooks under Daniel Terry. It's uh, kind of hard to keep track of, but I'll say it again. It's just under Daniel Terry. What's the coupon and, code? Oh, the coupon code is you send me a message and I send you some random item from my basement. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it could be something. It could be like anything from uh, it'd be anything from an Elysian bottle cap to a dead battery to potentially a thing of scotch tape or maybe even a laser disc or... You know, uh, yeah, what do you think? Like Ghostbusters Criterion Collection, Laserdisc? It could be that, but the odds are not in your favor. I mean, I can't compete with that, but if you would like to keep up with the pod... Oh, did you plug in your other socials? No, I did not. (laughs) (laughs) You can also follow me on Twitter at DiscussMetalDan, and uh, you can find my other podcast, Discography Discussion, at... And you can find my other podcast, Discography Discussion, at DiscussMetal.com. And if you would like to keep up with all things the podcast, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Johnson Title Podcast. Tweet at us at Johnson Title Pod, and email us at JohnsonTitlePod at gmail.com. We're going to end the episode as we always do with a song, and as you heard Damon pick, he wanted us to play their newer single, Surrounded. Uh, it's basically just a single, uh, so wherever you listen to your music, Spotify, app. Apple Music or iTunes or whatever you want to call it. Uh, there's even a video for it on YouTube. So go find that. And if you'd like to keep up with uh, Damon and all the Of Virtue guys, you can find them simply enough uh, on everything at Of Virtue. Damon's Instagram handle is OV underscore Damon. Uh, you can go to OfVirtueBand.com if you want to keep up with everything else, buy some merch, uh, and just support the guys. So without further ado, this is Surrounded by A Virtue, and we will talk to you next time. Oh, my God.